Philip McClear. Right there. I always wonder if I'm saying your name accurately. I know the film part is accurate. McAleer. Is it McAleer? Yeah, McAleer. I always, always on every level get it wrong. But I always I get the, the film uh, part right. The, the rule is um, if it starts with a with a vowel, then you pronounce it. Oh, but is that right? Yeah. So it's McAleer. Ah. You know what? I, I, Mac. I will now figure it out from the McElroy. There it is. I figure you know your people better than I do. Now, you know Philem because he is the curator of Lovebirds. That is the story. That is the text messages between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page that were turned into basically this Broadway show that just played here at CPAC, that has played other places, brought the house down as it rightfully yes. should with Dean yep. Kane and, and, and Christy Swanson. But you also know him as the guy who created Frack Nation, which is one of the great documentaries out there putting an end to people like Josh Fox and the argument they made against uh, uh, fracking. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, uh, you know the movie. It awesome. was directed by, by Nick Searcy. Yeah. Uh, Gosnell, the story of the biggest serial killer of our time, Kermit Gosnell, the abortionist in Philadelphia. So I want to start with Lovebirds first because it's getting, people are loving and, yeah. and, and adoring it. It is so interesting when you can just take somebody's words and be like, hey, world, this is what they really said. Yeah. Like, are you amazed by the response you're getting? I, I think huma, humans are very interesting. I, I, yes, I am. But, you know, when you see what these people, what Lisa Page and Peter Strzok were up to, first of all, they were having this embarrassing teenage love affair by text. It would embarrass your teenage daughter, right? The kind of stuff they were sending to each other. And in between it, they were planning to destroy the Trump candidacy and destroy then destroy the Trump presidency and add on top of that a layer of arrogance and just entitlement. How could you not fail to be funny? <laughs> you, know, you know, of course, the, the love story, it's a heartbreaking love story. It literally, it starts off all the full throws of passion. They have these lovers' tiffs. They make up. And then they split up at the end. And, and, you know, it's a tragic love story. And I say, when you see this kind of tragedy, you'd have a heart of stone not to laugh heartily at it, you know. That's Philip McAleer. Yes. Mac right there. I always get it wrong. Um, your career, I mean, it starts before Frack Nation. Mm. But really a documentary that has been profound in, in, in my life in that it's one thing when people tell a story. But it's another thing when you know the truth. And when we watch today's news... I am constantly reminded of the stories of narrative yeah. versus fact. Yeah. And now with coronavirus, the narrative is Trump has killed all Americans because he didn't move fast enough. When there is nothing to support that, it's just it had to be a narrative. When Russia could come back in, they went to the Russia narrative. Yeah. When Bill yeah. Barr did something yeah. that the media didn't like, it was the hand-picked attorney yeah. general, and he's clearly shredding the Constitution. This story of narrative versus fact, how do you think it should be dissected? Well, to Josh Fox, who did Gaslamp, we, we did a response to a narrative documentary with a factual documentary. He hits my guts. The, the left really hate facts in the sense, you know, they really hate being, their narrative being destroyed. It's a, person, it's a personal crusade to them, and they take it personally. And I always say to people, Gasland first, then watch Frack Nation. So there's very few people in the world who say, watch another documentary before you watch right. mine. And, 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 and I can guarantee you, when you watch Josh Fox's Gasland, which started the whole anti-fracking thing, you will be, come out of that documentary anti-fracking. Right? You'll watch it and you'll think, this needs to be, you know, 
if you're reasonable, you'll say this needs to be investigated further. If, you, if you're not reasonable, you'll say this needs to be banned or there needs to be a moratorium. You know, I guarantee you he's done a great job in, in, in doing that narrative. Then you watch Frack Nation and the, the, the overwhelming response, especially of young people, is they get really angry because they're re- they feel they've been deceived by George Fox. So we need to, but, but conservatives need to listen, right? You need to make it interesting. You need to make it entertaining. You need to you need to grab people's attention. You need to make it emotional, but you need to make it factual, right? Uh, they, that's what they do. Only they forget about the facts. So, the truth is compelling, and that's why I do verbatim. That's why Lisa Page's texts and Peter Strzok's texts and their that's why it's so compelling because it's the truth, and people really, really have a hunger for the truth, and that's why. They love this. I did the Ferguson play. I forgot about Ferguson. Yeah. So, I mean, I noticed one. So I took the grand jury transcripts of Ferguson, the eyewitness accounts, boiled them down into a play of an hour and a half. And I noticed when you're at the theater normally, most people sit back in their chair and absorb what the writer has put in the mouths of the actors. And it's grand to get moved. When you do verbatim, they lean forward to hear every word because they know every word is an actual word uttered by a human being. So people have a real hunger for the truth, and I'm in the truth business, literally and metaphorically. And uh, Where does... Do you find that your commentaries, I mean, because because Lovebirds and Ferguson, you know, we're talking about what happened in St. Louis and the riots there. Yeah. Um, they are commentaries in and of themselves, simply taking people's words and saying, did you notice what they said and doing it the way you do it, which is in, in much more of a Hollywood-esque kind of style, right? It's one thing to put out the white paper. It's another thing to stage yeah. it uh, with known actors yeah. or it's, uh, stage it in, in, in a community theater setting. Does the impact remain? Is the impact increased or does it encourage people to then look for more facts on their own? Oh, no, it totally encourages people. People came out of Ferguson. I remember one woman, and she had all these badges, you know, liberal badges, and she came out, and I met her, and she goes, why were we protesting? You know, she felt deceived. Why were we protesting? And young people nowadays, when they go and see something, or when they hear something, they'll go and check it out then, and it really gets them enthusiastic. No, it really encourages people to, to check out the facts. But also, it allows people to realize that they're being lied to. And, you know... The, the, there are many interesting things about the Trump presidency. One of them is that he's destroyed so many institutions that needed, and one of them is the media. That they're 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 so wrapped up in narratives now. Institutions or fiefdoms. The same thing, you know. Right? Yeah. Journalists still exist, but these 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 siloed places where people thought they were untouchable with whatever they put yeah. out—that is what has been yeah. laid no, asunder. Their, their, their reputations are in shreds. You know, it's great. It's wonderful. You know, they they they're not. They're in shock actually, and they never got over the 2016 election. No. They're, they're in shock, and they didn't clean house. They didn't have a big investigation of how they got it wrong. And uh, now, and and they, and they, you know, they're like these, they're like these Japanese prisoners on islands still fighting the war. You know, uh, they, they they don't know the war is over. They lost, and uh, you know, what is what is next for you? What is next uh, for for Anne? Of course, your wife and and uh, producing uh, partner and all these things. Uh, what what is next? Ma'am, I, I think I, I want to take FBI Lovebirds on the road. Really? You know, yeah. Bring it on a tour, you know. Uh, maybe partner up with some 
uh, talk show hosts, if you know any. Uh, uh, there are some guys in some places. Yes. There are uh, some guys in some places. You're, you're going to bring it to my beloved Indianapolis. We're going to take it to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah We're yeah. going to do this thing. Yes, yes. So take that's it all like over. To, I'd like to bring it to New York and then take it on a tour afterwards. Uh, where do people find you? Where do people? Uh, well, go to fbilovebirds.com. Just uh, you know, if I could do a little plug here, yeah, yes. uh, we're 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 crowdfunding for this because we don't get funding from the National Endowment of Arts, even though the play is hugely popular. So we're crowdfunding on fbilovebirds.com. Last time I looked, we're eighty-three percent funded. So chip in twenty-five dollars or whatever you can, and get a we have bumper stickers and we have script. Actually, you can buy the script online. Ah, uh, you can get a digital script, so you can buy the script. You can actually see the play and the text messages in all their glory and the, FBI, and the love story and the love story don't forget that that's the key fbilovebirds.com Phil always a pleasure man thanks absolutely thanks. much more to get to I'm Tony Katz